influencers. Let's get bouge. Listen to Abe Thompson for an hour. I'd rather fuck a blood relative. It's Abe Thompson. Dun, 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 dun. Ladies and gents, welcome to Aid Thompson and Other Disappointments. It's a Tuesday. It's time for the solo show. Uh, we're all tired from the weekend uh, and indeed the world. Uh, but let's try. Let's try and get into this like your mum tries to get into that little size 10 number. Uh, what's going on out there? What's, what's happening? Um, I've got a new song coming out next week. That's what's up. I'm uh, pretty excited about that. Look out for it. I'm going to try and drop it next Monday uh, to start your week off in truly high spirits. Um, I mean, the title of this song is... It's going to sound familiar uh, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while. It's very this pod, you know? It's it's a little depressing. It's a little boozy. Um, anyway, so that's, that's out next week. Uh, then we've got the live show in September. That's... Thursday, the uh, 28th of September at the Book Club in Shoreditch. It's me, Otto English, Ashley Hayden, John Left of the Countryside. You can still grab tickets for that if you hit the link in the episode's description. Um, and of course, all of that stuff, you know, the music, the live show tickets, episodes of the pod, all of that shit goes out onto the Patreon first. So if you haven't joined up to the Patreon yet, and if that sort of thing is your vibe, jump on uh, patreon.com forward slash aid thompson with an in at the end uh right so what should we talk about uh dan wooten right <laughs> should we it's the name on everyone's lips uh it's interesting isn't it it's like a sort of third pillar the third chapter to like the last three weeks have been batshit you know we had like the the email about a former cabinet minister i don't want to get myself in too much uh, legal bother here but there was <laughs> there was a high profile former cabinet minister and then there was an email that was found on the internet that provided some very saucy allegations about his conduct and his extramarital affairs and the ages of some of the sexual partners i'm not saying he did it i'm just saying there is a suite of allegations that were made that were highly inconvenient for that gentleman and then almost immediately almost conveniently straight away afterwards the next morning the allegations about hugh edwards were published and everyone was like oh okay forget that stuff now we're going to hugh edwards and now where are we we're like a week after that shit and now <laughs> we've got dan wooten who has found himself in the middle of a rather again inconvenient uh byline times piece that was published last night that alleges, none of it's proven, but, you know, they seem quite confident about their story. They've been investigating him for two years and they found all manner of fuckery. Um, just to give you an idea, just a taste of it. Uh, so there was a guy who went on Twitter last week who said that he was the former flame of Dan Wooten. And he stayed over at Dan Wooten's house and he went rummaging around. He was having a snoop and he found this holdall. And inside the holdall was a USB drive. And he watched what was on the USB drive. And it was footage of a colleague having sex with his partner or something. And then he found an MSN conversation on it. And it was Wooten, apparently, or like Martin Branning was his like catfish pseudonym or something. Martin Branning 
negotiating, like, I'll pay you £500 for footage of you fucking your other half. Like, kind of weird behaviour like that. Then there's a lot of other allegations in there. I don't know. Look, it's not going to be comfortable reading for one Daniel Wooten, I wouldn't have thought. And it's not going to be comfortable for his employer either, GB News, who spent all of last week chastising and moralising over Hugh Edwards and the BBC. And now only a matter of days later, they find themselves in precisely the same, same situation, or if not precisely the same, incredibly fucking similar. Say, uh, you know, something of a fall from grace for GB News's most successful and probably highly highest paid journalist presenter. Most successful presenter, highest profile on GB News. That's quite an accolade, isn't it? I mean, it sounds impressive, but it's kind of like it's like finding the shittest town in the UK and then making yourself king of it. Like, yeah, I'm king of this fucking shit heap like all right congrats um anyway so that that raised a laugh uh for me this morning i want to talk about this actory writers strike that's happening in the us right now i don't know if you guys will be fully aware or uh fully across this because uh well obviously it's a different country Right. And uh, and we're British. So, <laughs> like, you know, traditionally speaking, we care for the welfare of other people in other countries about as much as, you know, well, about as much as we care for the welfare of people in our own fucking country. Right. I mean, like <laughs> Britain as a state, as a as a media entity does not give a flying fuck about people's welfare in Britain or anywhere else. Um, you know, you have your dad moaning about train strikes, people desperate to get a, a raise or a share of the pie, you know, that their billionaire bosses keep pinching. Your dad will be like, well, well some, some of them are on pretty cushy salaries, eh? No, no, they're not. You're just stuck in figures from the 1990s, you daft cunt. Well, I don't know about that. Like, but look, you still think rent is three hundred pounds a month? Like, you think you think people are on interest only, a hundred percent mortgages and shit? You know? And then when you hear that somebody's on thirty thousand pounds a year, then they're like, oh, well, that, that doesn't sound too bad. I mean, that's more than one of me nurses makes." And you're like, "I know, <laughs> the nurses are striking too." But anyway, um. Over there, over in the US, in an entirely different country, uh, writers, actors are also striking. Uh, they're walking off the set of TV shows uh, while development of other shows and movies is also grinding to a halt. And, you know, maybe you're aware of this. Maybe this is the one world news and solidarity story that Brits do give a fuck about. <laughs> When it's when it affects their TV, maybe you know, like we don't we don't care about our own train staff. Fuck them, you know. We we tell nurses to shut the fuck up about it, fob them off with a clap on the porch. We blame teachers for being activists 
over-caring for our children. We don't give a shit about world news stories like, you know, fucking villages being swept away by climate change in India or South Korea or Japan. Like, nobody even reads those pages in the Metro. <laughs> like, advertising in those pages is probably an office joke in Metro offices. The only British person passionate about putting content in the world news section is probably Rupert Murdoch. Because <laughs> right? like, that's, that's probably where he puts the sun's, like, Ipsa-ordered apologies and corrections, <laughs> knowing nobody reads that shit. It's like, yeah, Mr. Murdoch, um, we're going to insist you print a full detraction and apology uh, for this headline where you, you called this... Uh, Innocent man, a uh, paedophilic ISIS James Corden fan. Unfounded allegations they were that were hugely problematic for this poor gentleman. So anyway, detraction, apology. And the motherfucker's like, yeah, put it in between the Jakarta flood and the intertribal violence in Kenya <laughs> where nobody's going to read that shit. I don't know, man. Fucking... World news segments that nobody read. Like, women hide in the world news section. Because <laughs> they know they're not going to be bothered by men in there. Nobody goes... Anyway, you get the idea. I mean, like, I'm, I'm being a bit ridiculous, right? But it's true. It's like, you know, people don't tend to care so much about a thing when they find out it's in a place far away devastating people who actually don't look much like them you know it's a sort of like innate racism i guess i don't know it's like you know schools shut following landslide flash floods 50 dead and we're like holy fucking god that sounds oh wait no wait. Where, where was that the outskirts of delhi nah, well you know <laughs> it's like it's just innate like people just care less when it's far away and so anyway you would think we would all you know also not care about the well-being of you know people in america but no for that we appear to be making an exception um you know firstly it's people who you know may or may not look a little bit more like us traditionally you know so there's that dig into that as you see fit <laughs> but second you know we start to care when it's television, <laughs> when it when it affects our ability to just sit and slob and snack and watch this, you know, seven o'clock in the evening, sit down, wind down, watch some shit. That's when our empathy kicks in. Well, not even empathy, is it? It's like, it's just like aggrieved anger or something, you know? We're like, oh, no, no what the fuck? Like, they, so there's not going to be any new Firefly Lane. For another year. Oh, well, this is bullshit. The welfare and the well-being of people in an overseas nation. You know, sometimes that will reach out and touch us emotionally <laughs> when it affects our ability to wind down. Some of us, a lot of us won't even probably know. Like, give it a day or two. Give it a fucking day or two and flag emoji Twitter will kick off. <laughs> well... Because if anyone's going to not read this in, like, the world news section, it's those cunts. 
isn't it? They spend their lives fucking gobbling up England and Englishness and news about English football and sovereignty and retweeting each other. And, you know, it's like one one person reads a thing in the Express, right? <laughs> I mean, does the Express even bother with a world news section? I don't know. Like, why, like, why would they? Is that like an airline with a green policy? I don't know. But anyway, they, they just gobble up this shit. They gobble it up that the you know a racist, xenophobic, or obfuscating shitty story. They gobble it up and then they shit it out. And then this guy gobbles it up and then he shits that out. And it's like a human centipede of awful media, isn't it? With that ilk. Anyway, give it a fucking day or two, and this stuff will work its way into flag emoji Twitter. I have no doubt. And against all the odds, they will care about something that is going on in another country. <laughs> Solely because it robs them of whatever god-awful Netflix show they're a fan of. Fucking, I don't know, is it cake? You know? Have you seen that one like where you have to decide if the thing on the stand is a cake? Or if it's a model of a cake? <laughs> or, or young Sheldon, they'd be watching that. Or whatever. So anyway, what actually is the story aid? Well, let's get into it. So, this is from Al Jazeera. They've said... The Screen Actors Guild and the American Federation of Television and Radio Artists, those two unions together, are striking. And within those two unions are some of your biggest stars, right? So you've got your Tom Cruises, Angelina Jolie's, your Johnny Depp's. Uh, and it says the industry-wide shutdown follows a row about pay and the impact of artificial intelligence with film studios and streaming services. The two unions failed to reach an agreement on a fairer split of profits and increased safeguarding around AI rights. It says they're concerned about contracts, keeping up with inflation, residual payments in the streaming era, and putting up guardrails against the use of AI mimicking their work on film and television shows. So it's kind of like... I mean, it's all, you know, I, I fucking hate to say this because even saying this has become a cliche, but this is all getting a little bit Black Mirror now, right? Because once you get into the weeds with this, right, it gets kind of funky, you know? Like, it's, it's a pretty good warning tale of corporate greed, really, and exploitation. What happens when you get unchecked capitalism? A lack of regulation, you know? Let me take you through it, anyway. So, firstly... This is a dispute about jobbing actors, jobbing writers, right? So although you will see big names showing their support, walking off set in solidarity, those guys, the big names, they negotiate their own deals. Like if you're a Margot Robbie, your agent is agreeing your fee for you, right? And that fee is going to far outdo the minimum agreed, like, union actor payment, if not your male co-star, right? Like, like it's so dark, and I'm going to go way off on a tangent now. Like, what was the thing that she was in? Fucking Suicide Squad. Was it? I don't know. Look, I don't, I don't watch fucking superhero movies, Marvel University shit. Like, fucking real life is batshit enough, guys. Frankly, I don't need a catalyst for further detachment. Thank you. But anyway, it was like... It was one of these big budget, big studio things, a marvelly thing. It was Margot Robbie and Jared Leto, right? 
And I remember reading how Leto is basically like this passing character in that movie. Like he's in it for like seven minutes or some shit. <laughs> and he walks away with seven million dollars. Right. But she is in it as the main character. And the thing that I read said that she had made a fraction of what he made. <laughs> like, what the fuck? And even now, like, what's what's the new one that she's in? The, uh, the Barbie movie, right? Like, it's just called Barbie. It's not called Ken. It's not even called Barbie and Ken. It's just Barbie. It's her. Margot Robbie, blonde, big boobs. It's fucking Barbie. And she's Margot Robbie, the highest paid female actor in the world now. She gets $12 million for that role, right? And you're like, okay, all right. Then Ryan Gosling nabs the love interest part, Ken. And he gets the same. <laughs> it's like, like it's no big thing. For Gosling, just rocks up there with his piercing eyes and his perfect jaw. A pretty cunt. And they go, yep, yeah, you get the same. Sign here, Ryan. <laughs> you know, like... The love interest, the side piece, gets the same as the main star when it's a man. <laughs> so, like, supporting role, you know? Like, imagine your bit on the side rocks up, demanding to be taken on the family holiday. <laughs> like, I think I've, I think I've got a right to be here. You know, that is kind of what this is. It's what it feels like. Anyway. Like, is it any wonder why women get so fucking fed up? You know, they can't even have a Barbie movie without a man swinging his dick around the casting meeting <laughs> and Hollywood going like, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, what are we paying Margot? Uh, 12, 12 million? OK, give him give give Ryan 12 million, too, because then it, then it's equality, you know, <laughs> like bloated fucking producers signing off on that shit, you know. Like, hooray for Hollywood and our progressive ideals. Somebody paid a rainbow on the crossing over there. We did it, guys. We did it. Equality. Anyway, where was I? Um, the actors, writers, strike. Right. So the shows and movies that have scripts uh, already written, they are able to continue in production unless they feature actors. Right. Which you might be like, well, that's just fucking about everything then, isn't it, Aid? But that's probably because you, dear listener, are a reasonably intelligent person who consumes a lot of, I don't know, you know, cleverly written drama and comedy. And it features actors reciting lines. And... But no, don't worry. Like, if all the drama and comedy is on pause, there is still a whole world of reality TV <laughs> and shitty game shows. And get this, soap operas. As well, because bizarrely, even though it's scripted and it's got actors in it, it's apparently it's on a different kind of contract or something. But yeah, so like soap operas, shit game shows and reality TV is what <laughs> what escapes the net. You know, and you're like, oh, God, <laughs> the standard of American entertainment is about to nosedive. And amusingly, Fox... Uh, which is obviously, you know, it's Rupert Murdoch's US network. You know, they don't just house Fox News. Clearly, they have FX. They have Fox itself. They produce and show movies and box sets and all that. Um, but in light of the, you know, current writer's strikey climate that they find themselves, they've unveiled their new autumn schedule. 
and and it's like like if you suffer from season syndrome you know what's it called like you know whether the end of the summer the shorter days the darker evenings the colder temperatures it all kind of gets you down you know if you get that fucking seasonal affective disorder that's what it is right if that's you stay the fuck away from the fox autumn schedule because honestly like you will read it and fucking kill yourself you'll be like well summer's over you know but at least we've got some new shows in uh, september what what, what 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 what's this uh and stay tuned to fox this fall as we unveil a schedule packed with unscripted brain vomit like kitchen nightmares and lego masters like wouldn't you be like oh fuck this you know like time to check out like honestly like people have such a problem with integrating personal data you know from their devices and surveillance and stuff but honestly like i think if your cookies detect that you've seen the fox autumn schedule and your next google search after that is for rope and a stool <laughs> I think like, your iPhone should auto-dial the Samaritans at that point because it's bad. It's fucking dog eggs. Like, it's going to get to the point where like the credits are going to roll on your favourite actual show. You know, your dramedy that you check into Thursday night, 8 o'clock, download the new episode. But now when you watch it and the credits come on, like, the voiceover guy's going to come on. And he's going to be like, and that was the last accused of the season and for the uh, foreseeable future. Next week at the same time, though... Which celebrity is pretending to be which other celebrity when they sing with this goddamn mask on from behind this wall? And that's followed by The Bachelor, The Sobbing Widower Edition, where we, where we take a recently robbed of the love of his life husband and we pair him up with one of three competing cheerleaders. That's fall, that's Fox. Like, you'd fucking kill yourself, wouldn't you? <laughs> and people would go, wow, you know, was he... Was he depressed? Did he suffer from depression? Was he de like, no, that is the correct response. So that's, it's called common sense. You know, when the weather's shit and you can't go out and everything's too fucking expensive and you're living in a tent, draining the public Wi-Fi from the hotel that you can't afford to stay in. So you're living in a field next to them, you know, and you just want to watch a fucking box set of something take your mind off it all and then you see that shit i'm just saying maybe killing yourself is the correct response if that is where we get to anyway so why is the strike happening what is the actual beef why would hollywood do this to us uh so some of it is just like legacy frustration right there was um there was a guy on a cbs news thing that i was watching where, like, he was in a Margot Robbie movie, right? That's why she's in my head, because I was watching this thing, and they happened to be talking about Margot Robbie movie. Anyway, like, he's he's there in this scene with her, right? Taking her fingerprints or something. And he got paid $200 for that day's work. And so there he is on the picket line, right? And he's saying he doesn't get any residuals. There's no royalties. There's no health care. There's fucking nothing. And the rates haven't increased, you know, but the cost of everything else has. So now, you know, regrettably, they're forced to strike. So some of it is kind of like that, you know, traditional irks and gripes. Wages have fallen behind the cost of everything. And then there's this AI layer. 
which is perhaps more interesting, isn't it? So, like, the studios basically want to start using AI more in the same way that they started using CGI more. Like, this is like CGI on steroids, right? I don't know if you ever saw the um, the Indiana Jones movie a few years ago, the Crystal Skull one. Fuck tons of CGI. Or if you saw the newest Star Wars movies, right? Caked in CGI. It's like armies of stormtroopers or like fucking Nazi aliens or whatever the fuck it was. Like Lord of the Rings, I think, too. Anyway, you get the idea, right? So it's cheaper and it's faster and a lot of times safer for a studio to pay a few geeks to write some code and move elements around a screen and render it and export it you know than paying fucking 500 jobbing actors 200 bucks each to stand around all day and cater for them and health and safety have to come in and assess the set for hazards you know you have to spend hours in makeup and shit anyway so so far so boring right so for 25 years they've been gradually moving towards cgiing movies like, as much as they can, right? So what is new now with this? What's new now is that they want you to sign a clause that effectively hands over your likeness, <laughs> your face, your body, the rights to you as a performing actor, and you get 200 bucks or <laughs> something like, like, that's it. And then the studio gets to use your face. You know, forever. They can animate you into doing anything. They'll reuse it in this movie. They'll reuse it in that scene. You know, you'll go to an audition for fucking Pride and Prejudice. And you'll crop up in nine and a half weeks or some shit. You'll be like, I, I don't understand. Like, I, I read a Jane Austen monologue in that audition. What what the fuck am I doing up there blowing Mickey Rourke? You know, it's, it's kind of fucked, isn't it? For 200 bucks. And, like, I can kind of see both sides to it, you know, if I'm if I'm really brutally honest. I don't suppose I'll win myself many friends for saying this or uh, attempting to be devil's advocate to some extent here. But, like, you know, I can kind of see why studios would want to make savings, right? You know, you just pay someone once and then you reuse their likeness multiple times. You know, if you were a fat cat studio executive and, you know, everyone was constantly telling you it's not the 90s anymore, you know, and people are constantly pirating or torrenting movies, you know, or they're happy to stay at home and watch Netflix or they're broke, you know, like it used to be £8 a ticket back in the day, which was fuck nothing, you know? Now it's like doubled or more, plus you buy chips and nachos. It's fucking expensive going to the cinema now. It's got pricey, but your income hasn't matched it. Do you know what I mean? It's just one of a thousand things, you know, that people used to do because it was kind of cheap. Even factoring in, you know, the economies of scale. The changes of wage packets, the changes to rent and mortgage over those same years, you know, like nights down the pub used to be a lot more popular than they are now because students who typically would go out down the pub can't fucking afford to do anything. 
holidays in Cornwall. <laughs> Used to be a cheap British alternative to flying off to Greece or America or whatever. Now even holidays in Cornwall are fucking luxurious items. All of it's too expensive now. So imagine you're the studio executive tasked with making savings to maximize income, to survive in a crowded fit. You know, obviously, if the CGI guys tickle your balls with a bit of AI, you know, they come up to you. They're like, yeah, you won't even need extras soon. You could just choose from a library of uh, pre-existing sprites and you know, you can have a blonde guy or a brunette woman or a black dude or, you know, whatever. And we can make them do whatever you like. You know, like, obviously that's going to be tempting. I understand that. What I don't understand, I don't think, is why you would be so fucking tone deaf about it. So light speed insensitive as the studios have been with this as to, you know, to to put this down <laughs> as your best and final offer to the unions. Like, they slid that shit across the table. They were like, hey, unions, I, I know you've got some concerns. Uh, like, you're already upset by the low rate of uh, residuals in the streaming era. Uh, the day rate for extras. We know that there's some sensitivity around you being strong-armed and designing away your digital likeness for all time for fucking 200 bucks. But look, we're all in this together. We all want to make Hollywood a success, and we've had our lawyers draft this up. So here it is. Take a look. We think this is a pretty reasonable settlement. But they're like, uh, uh, what the fuck? This, this just says, fuck you, we're doing this. Well, <laughs> we, we think it's fair, given the challenges that the, uh, the studio are facing. And you've, and you've drawn a little picture of you with your middle finger up and everything. Well, yeah, we, we didn't want any ambiguity. So, like, I... I understand the actor's concerns, and I understand the studio's challenges. But I do think it's kind of funny, too, though. Like, I'm sorry, but it is. It's just it. Like, I've known actors before, and it's a, it is a tough gig. And they do work really hard. They do, But ultimately, it's like comedy or podcasting, you know? Like, you work really hard at it. Because you want an easy life. Let's just say that, you know, how it is. Like, you don't want to be breaking your back, lifting boxes through a warehouse in your 50s, you know? It's hard work being an actor, going to auditions, doing this, reciting lines, going over, all over. And over. Like, it's hard work. But it's hard work as a means to achieve lays. It just is. Just be honest about it. Like, I work hard on my podcast. And the politics stuff. Because I would quite like to spend the remainder of my working life getting paid to talk shit about people. Which is quite easy for me. <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed that, but it comes quite easily to me. Doing a nine to five for the rest of my life. Harder. Ergo, I work hard at this to try and achieve lays. So I get that, you know, actors work hard and they... They put in the hours, but I don't know. Like, it's it's like if you work hard to achieve lays, you know, <laughs> like, it, like, I accept that that's kind of what I'm doing with it. Like, and you should too, you know, we should factor that in somehow. And you should please, please understand it's a buyer's market also, you know, <laughs> studio execs, casting directors, where they only have about a million people 
desperate to be Hollywood actors to choose from. So if you are stood there on the front line of the picket, you know, complaining about work and pay and conditions, there's a bit of me, a little part of me, it's like, yeah, because because it's not skilled work. And there's fucking millions of you, you fucking idiot. And I know that there'll be people who are like, you know, oh, yeah. Oh, really? Not skilled. Well, you you try getting up at 4 a.m. Hey, to get to set and do 19 hour days and be in makeup for three hours before the camera even rolls. And then you're in heavy costume in the blistering sun or, you know, whatever. Like, I get it. It's hard. But it's hard work as a means to get lazy. So, you know. Fuck off a bit. <laughs> just just fuck off a bit. Like, I feel your pain. It's good to unionise. I hope you get a better deal. I honestly do. I really do. But I truly feel like, you know, if, I, if I'm if i meeting you halfway here, you know, like the empathy's kicking in over my side. I'm supportive of you getting a better deal, hopefully. The studios are probably being a bit grubby and sociopathic about it. You know, if I meet you halfway there, can you at least meet me the other half and admit that the hard work thing is at least a bit coloured, you know, by the desire to not work that hard, right? Can you at least accept that? When you got into Hollywood acting as one of, you know, 10,000 extras out there that you knew your bargaining power might be limited? Maybe I'm being unfair here. I don't know. I mean, you know, what's what's another example of, you know, unionizing and, and trying to get a better deal and stuff is like, um, you know, U Uber drivers is a recent example over here in the UK. It is largely unskilled work, right? Can we agree on that? As, you know, rightly or wrongly, there is no shortage of people landing in the gig economy right now. <laughs> Just like there's no shortage of fucking starlets fine to suck a dick to land that role i'm not saying it's right i'm just saying there is an overwhelming supply to the demand so i guess by the same logic of me saying you know the overwhelming supply and you know it's not really skilled work or like i guess by that logic i should tell uber drivers to just shut the fuck up and you know put it up but i don't because that genuinely is hard work. It might be largely unskilled, but it is long hours. Like, you have to fucking listen to assholes in the back of your car all day. You've got drunks vomiting all over your family Vauxhall. And for not that much money either, you know? And it's not, you know, a hard work as a means to achieving an easy life, is it? You can't achieve laziness through driving your Uber 10 hours a day. There's no rock star Uber drivers, for fuck's sake. So it's different. You know, it is different. Anyway, what am I saying? What was my point? Uh, no fucking idea. Just, you know, by all means, try to get a better deal. I just, you know, I, <laughs> I think it would do a lot for a lot of you. And not just actors. I mean, literally everyone out there. It would do a lot of you some good to understand and accept, you know, just how fucked we are by ai and stop pretending <laughs> that there's anything really that we can do about it you know like studios studios are going to end up casting digital sprites in major releases that is just going to happen scripts are going to end up written by machine learning you know like a chat gpt thing entire albums 
of classic rock material that gives you goosebumps will have been produced by machine learning also. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. And and when AI takes over the world, like it won't be like a robot running around killing everyone like fucking Terminator. You know, a robot glitching and murdering. It will be a slow winding down of living standards because so many motherfuckers will be out of work. And so there'll be this huge tax shortfall and something will have to give. And it will be schools and social care and shit, you know? That is where we are headed. That is going to happen. And still people now are like, well, you know, you say that, Aid. You say that. But these governments, you know, these big corporations, they wouldn't do that. You know, who would they sell to if everyone's just at home living off basic welfare? They can't afford to do anything. And I'm like, they just know the gig's up. All right. Don't worry about what's going to happen when everyone's at home and nobody can afford to eat. That's way down the road. They just know that the gig's up like like kind of now, like soon to now, they know how bad it's going to get. <laughs> Plus add in all the other shit that we always talk about on the show, you know, climate change, nuclear war, pandemics. They know the gig's up, that odds on everything's fucked. So whether it's AI or pandemics or like whatever, they just want to get the most bang for their buck now <laughs> so they can draw down those dividends and fuck off to a New Zealand island somewhere. That is their plan. Like, I see these tweets, man, where people are like, well, governments and uh, corporate America, governments and corporate America, they they wouldn't fuck over the entire world like that. Why why would they do that? I'm like, okay, first off, (laughs) governments, there is not a government on the planet that wouldn't slaughter you and your whole family for a 0.01% lift to their GDP. That's the first thing. Just don't ever forget that. If killing you and your kids gave a 0.01% lift to their profit sheet, they would do it in a second. (laughs) They They wouldn't even weigh it up. You would just be buried in marshland immediately. Although, admittedly, you know, it's it's difficult to imagine a sort of situation where killing you would sort of provide a bump to the value of your country. Unless, you know, you're James Corden. <laughs> Piers Morgan, maybe. Piers Morgan was found dead this morning. The pound rallies. <laughs> like, imagine how bummed you'd be if you died and the pound rallied. <laughs> anyway... So that's first off, the government, like, don't ever doubt what the government would and would not do to achieve their targets. They absolutely would do the worst things you can possibly imagine. But second, and I mean this sincerely, right, we're talking governments and corporate uh, corporations and shit. The second thing is, it is only by the miracle that they haven't thought of it yet. And that we still have some vague trace of human rights legislation (laughs) still active, right? It is just a miracle that they haven't thought of it. That there isn't like a corporation out there that just pulls out your teeth and leases them back to you. That is the only reason you still have teeth in your mouth 
is that a corporation hasn't figured out that business model yet. Guys, that's it. I got to go. Uh, who's coming to the live show? 28th of September. It's in London at the Book Club in Shoreditch. Click on the link in the description. You can still grab tickets for it. There's a few left. Um, failing that, jump on the Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash aid Thompson with an I-N at the end. Big shouts out to the Patreon backers now to Bowman, Kai, Chris, David, Mojo Sabian, Peter Del Monte, Pingu, Silent, Stuart, T-Rex, Aaron, Alex, Jeff, Ned, Sarah, Simon. Uh, Simon, I think Simon's one of our newest Patreons, actually. Um, big doff of the cap to you guys. Thank you so much for hanging in there um, and supporting the show. It really does mean, mean the world to me. Um, that's it for this one, though. I'm going to be back on Friday with my guest, hopefully this week, uh, Patsy Stevenson, as long as her diary permits. Um, until then, just take care of yourselves. Keep it booge. Keep it hashtag binfluencer. I'm out this motherfucker. <laughs>